Welcome to Nature Back Podcast, where we are talking with investors about the visions of the new green world. My name is Tarmo Verki, and in this episode, I'm talking with Sebastian Heitman from Extantia Capital. Hey there, I'm Merit, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Single Earth, and we are building a nature-backed currency to empower you to fight against climate change and biodiversity loss. Sign up at Single.Earth and be among the first to switch to a truly sustainable, nature-based economy. And don't forget to join the discussion around climate change and biodiversity loss on our Discord channel. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you, and welcome. Tell us a few words about Extantia. Uh... Yes, of course. Um, Exantia is a is an initiative that we founded um, about three years ago, um, and it was actually born out of two things. Uh, one was conviction, conviction that um, we need to scale climate solutions and climate innovations, and the second thing was frustration. We were actually pretty frustrated. Um, through own first-hand experience that there isn't much capital available for these much-needed climate innovations. So um, we, we saw that by first-hand, we started investing into some back then still called environmental tech or clean tech deals in the years uh, 2017, 18, and then first-hand experience that it was quite complicated for these companies to find follow-on capital um, and that led into the, yeah, uh, between the conviction and frustration, um, uh, led to the conclusion that we need better financial structures in, in, in this area. Um, and personally, on my personal journey, I always said that the last thing I want to do in my life is to create a financial product. Uh, um, but here we are, uh, the best solution we could have found um, to really uh, help is and, and, and act responsibly is to create a financial product. So this is um, uh, Exantia. Today, Exantia actually is a, is a the platform or like an like initiative. We have three different um, products in this platform. We have an early stage venture capital fund. It's 150 million fund that invests pretty much straightforward early stage. We have a so-called all-stars fund. That's a fund of funds. Um, that invests into many other like-minded climate tech funds, yeah, often with a slightly different um, angle. Yeah? Could be a sector angle, like the food and ag sector, for example, or could be a stage difference, later stage, earlier stage, geographically different. Um, we have European funds, so we have quite a few US funds and our all-stars. Um, and the last thing is what we call um, climate labs, and this is this is our hub for bringing together the all variety of different stakeholders um, to to share best practices in in ESG and and climate tech investing. Is the labs more like a community effort, or is it uh, more like an accelerator? Good question. It, it's, it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, it is a community effort, but it's also a bit of an accelerator. Yes, we do want to share best practices, best policies, also with our um, portfolio companies, but also with the wider world. There's a lot of regulations that you have to take into account, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel every day from zero again. So this is the idea of, of the labs really helping each other um, to to accelerate. But I said the, the different stakeholders will all participate in this effort. You know, it's not just um, top-down effort mm. the uh, you said that the the frustration of you know lack of capital in the sector was one of the reasons why you started it but it, 
you know, looking from outside, it seems that that problem is, you know, getting solved step by step. There is a bunch of funds which have launched over the last few years. Absolutely. Um, now, yes. Um, but, you know, figure that we started this a little bit earlier. So we're a bit of a pioneer in the space. Um, uh, so back then there was, there was really breakthrough energy ventures. Um, and the, the, they were the only ones. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who are out there, and that's also where we have a common link with one of our partners um, was close to them for um, at, at the very beginning, um, and uh, we saw them, and that's actually how it all started. We sort of, um, I sort of was looking at some climate tech deals and was sending him to him, saying, "Hey, would you take a look at it from a BV lens?" Uh, but BV back then wouldn't care about mm. stuff in Europe um, has changed a lot as well. They've, they've um, come around, but still, this was at the beginning when we started, this was still a very nascent sector. We're very happy to see that now this is moving along. Yeah? And actually, I've always been saying as well that um, if we're really significantly able to move or mobilize private capital in the direction of climate tech or climate innovations, then Accenture has actually already done its due. Yeah. Uh, this mm-hmm. is exactly what we set out to do, mobilize capital. Um, and we, yes, we were a bit of a vanguard in this respect. Um, and yeah, it's very happy to see that today there's, there's many funds. Still, we have to be realistic. It's very still very early days. I mean, we might see large funds, but comparing it to what's, still being invested today in, in other technologies. Um, it's it's not that huge. And the percentage of global capital going in this direction today, um, when you look at institutional money from pension funds, from insurance companies, from banks and so on, uh, we're talking very low percentages. I mean, uh, barely measurable. Yeah? So the goal is still to significantly increase this over the coming years. Um, but yeah, uh, the trend is there. I'm, I agree with you. It's definitely a positive trend. Yeah, you kind of covered my next question already. I, I wanted to ask, you know, the trend is there, but is it enough? No, so clearly no. <laughs> Obviously, no, no. We're yeah. far away from being enough. Um, and across all stages, I mean, there's often an argument being made for late stage innovation, but actually early stage is also extremely important. We need to have a lot more companies coming up and a lot more companies failing too. That's part of the game. Yeah. Um, at the moment, yes, we see some, but um, uh, there's, there's definitely not enough yet. And we look at the, the total number of climate tech startups being uh, coming out of wherever they come from, mostly university spin-outs or research institute spin-outs. Um, there's some, it's getting better. Um, the issue is, it's quite simple. What is the problem today for if you are a scientist or an engineer try, with a really good idea to decarbonize? Um, still, there there isn't that much capital out there. And there is quite a the lurking, interesting career at the corporate as well, giving you a lot of security. And that's what happens. The great ideas, people have really good ideas at their research institutes and universities, but never end up executing them because they're simply too afraid. They typically then rather take a job at the corporate and forget all the great ambitions they had um, and yeah, get get drained in a corporate. Um, we also need corporates, but they're not necessarily the uh, most... innovators. Yeah, exactly. They don't tend to be the innovators. So mm. um, that's the that, so no, we're still lacking a lot of capital in this area um, across all stages. Mm. Uh, is there? I mean, 
you know, what can we do to reverse that, uh, you know, brain drain to the corporates? Is the capital the key or is there some other tricks which could be done? I think capital is in the end actually quite a key. We are in a capitalist society. We've yet to find a better model that suits better, suits our needs better. But as a, as of today, capitalism is the most promising of the approaches. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you can argue about that for sure. I mean, you can also argue that capitalism has brought us into the situation where we're in today. Yeah. Um, but I guess this is probably not the scope of the talk today. Yes. Um, but, but still, I'm, I'm open to pick up the argument. If somebody has a good idea, I'm willing to hear it. Um, but as of today, it's capitalism and we are, um, we will use capitalism to solve this crisis. And these mechanisms tend to, yeah, work quite effectively. Of course, you need to steer it. That's where regulation comes in. Uh, mm. It can be, is extremely critical that we have the right set of regulation out there to steer capitalism in the right direction. Uh, um, so, but still, I think the, there's still the same thing. I mean, the founder today, has a great idea wants to assemble a team and still needs to find capital it's not it's easier than it was mm. three four years ago but also not straightforward no? mm. and it, of course it's also not that any idea can get funded this is the role of vc now um the vcs um play this role of vetting the early technologies and also carrying them through the different the first couple of steps ensuring that the teams not just have great technical abilities but also um all the other skills and savviness that they need in order to survive in the business world yeah mm. um yeah uh i got a couple of more kind of bigger trend questions uh you we were talking about how the uh, the kind of amount of capital in the sector has increased but uh how do you see the the kind of current uh, year of i don't know what you call it the downturn the uh the some of the some people are calling it the market crash uh yeah how is this impacting the climate investment scene um in an interesting way yeah um in a very interesting way i mean climate is a lot about to do with energy yeah so there in the energy markets we see a huge run right now um, of course, a lot of the downturn is due to the political situation in, in, in Russia and Ukraine um, and the resulting energy crisis from this yeah, um, confrontation. Uh, and now, of course, there's a huge run on trying to find actual real alternatives to replace Russian gas for now, but actually fossils altogether. Yeah. Um, specifically in Europe now, this is the key issue. Um, how do we reduce our energy dependence or how do we gain energy independence? Um, and of course, there's nothing you can do overnight. Yeah? We've built a whole society on, um, fossil. on fossil fuels. Yeah? Yeah? Um, and moving away from that from one day to another is, is simply not possible. Yeah? Um, I know we have... Now I'm in Germany in Berlin here, and that we had great ambitions of creating a energy wende, as they call it, so an energy transition um, to renewables, and built built out a lot of wind and solar over the last couple of decades. But also we are now learning the hard way the lesson that this um, 
also meant a transition to to gas yeah? um, and that this gas in a liberal market came from the cheapest supplier and the cheapest supplier was in the east yeah? so um and uh, the idea was always weird and i never understood it to be honest for for many years i've been saying it i have a hard time understanding how you would buy uh, a large proportion of your energy needs from a non military ally yeah? um but yeah now we're learning it and now we're trying to really accelerate it uh-huh. um and that in our sector is actually good news yeah um so actually in many of the topics that we look at are extremely politically on vogue right now um and extremely positive regulation coming out to to um accelerate the deployment and one example is the recent inflation reduction act in the US as well yeah. uh which hugely benefits a lot of the key technologies such as hydrogen or carbon removal uh and geothermal and many others um wind and solar of course also uh and i think that's so in our in our world i would actually say the current situation is an acceleration and we see more interest than before yeah. mm. um from being a fund that is initially there for the planetary health all of a sudden matters of national security come into place yeah? so um was not part of the original uh, business plan uh, clearly not no no we had no plan of such at all um and qu- quite surprisingly yeah uh, that now we really have two missions um uh, both are important um one more short term one more long term mm-hmm. but still yeah um definitely plays a role now mm. yeah i mean in short term you know if i would be opec I would be pumping a lot more gas, not a lot more oil to get the oil prices down and get people to use the fossil fuels. Just a cynical me thinking here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, logical. There are two two euro gas price across Europe is definitely you know pushing people against uh, using the oil also. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, hey. Um, it's it's also complicated i mean the 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 level of sort of uh sides we're talking here replacing russian fossil uh fuels you know, they were not just a small importer or exporter yeah. they were a cornerstone yeah? and replacing that even even saudis don't have that capacity just lying around and yeah. can they that's also work for them and um Uh, they they need to build up the capacity and they don't want to do this unless they have really long term um, contracts mm-hmm. in, in place for exactly. doing it so um it's it's complicated do you mean but you know let's use let's make the best of the turmoil i think it's there's definitely movement and there's definitely momentum right now in the space and um we're well positioned to take advantage of this mm. i can see a lot of initiatives kind of um, you know which were probably long term initiatives becoming mid term initiatives but the the challenge is really the short term solutions yeah short term we have to be realistic there mm. are no good solutions short term to fossils we can buy the fossils from somewhere else yeah um importing lng or you know pumping more through our existing pipelines from norway or else mm. um but we have to be realistic there is no short term solution there's nothing that can be just switched on, on we see some potential we also have investment in space in biogas there's definitely some potential to do um to a certain degree some um some fast uh, changes that are gigawatt relevant yeah mm. um but also there i mean the, the full solution is 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 not out there and 
also have to distinguish a little bit here between what's um, uh, the, the the electricity market and the heat market. They're actually different. So on the electricity market, I think we can find solutions, uh, um, and uh, we can sort of bridge ourselves with some imports um, from our neighbors. And mm. um, the, the, there are solutions for the electricity. For the heat, it's a lot more complicated. Uh. Um, heat uh, just heavily relies on the gas infrastructure and mm. uh, that will not be replaced by hydrogen tomorrow. Uh, exactly. Um, uh, just be realistic. How do you guys, uh, you know, have a relationship with the nuclear part of any kind of new nuclear projects or have you been looking at them? We have been looking at them um, and our relationship is so that there is none. Um, and and unlikely to come as well, to be honest. I mean, happy to to, to hear more projects and, and more approaches, but our problem with nuclear is what we call the time value of carbon. Mm-hmm. Um, so a ton abated or removed today just has a significantly higher value than a ton or re- removed or abated in the year 2040. And building out nuclear today just takes a very long time, yeah? Um, and therefore, we don't see the impact fast enough. Uh, mm-hmm. We would rather like to see solutions that re- utilize existing assets and resources and decarbonize yeah, those. Yeah. So, for example, um, we just talked about natural gas, um, so-called turquoise hydrogen or um, methane pyrolysis is something that I would take a serious look at. Mm-hmm. This is utilizing existing delivery network of gas and decarbonize that at the point of use you know, through methane pyrolysis. So that's that's something and creating therefore turquoise hydrogen, not the perfect solution, but an important transition solution that helps fast getting gigatons out of the out of the atmosphere. Yeah. You know? um, and all of these technologies that are then also later on hydrogen ready. So once you have a full hydrogen grid, you can also just use complete hydrogen. Um, but on the way there, you might have to uh, deal with turquoise hydrogen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the solution where we say this can scale fast um, versus building up new nuclear um, is extremely slow. The other argument that speaks about against new nuclear is the cost. All the projects that have been recently built in the UK or France or elsewhere. Or Finland. Or Finland have gone exactly, have gone tremendously over budget, resulting in an extremely expensive levelized cost of energy. Um, and which means it's not competitive for us. So it's mm. always just an add-on, and we will not run our world on, on nuclear. Yeah? Mm. Um, so yeah, innovations might happen, yeah? and um, if they happen, then we'll, we'll, we'll look at them. I sometimes argue that if we would have continued to actually invest into nuclear <laughs> in the 70s, 80s, mm. it's likely that we would have been today a generation four or five, Yeah. Um, where we would be highly efficient in using nuclear a lot longer and with a lot lower re- radioactive, um, uh, well, uh, so stronger decay and re- uh, reactivity, and probably would also s- would have solved the 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 problem um, of of storing it long term. Mm-hmm. So, but we didn't, yeah? and I think now this train has left the station. To be honest, yeah? mm-hmm. and fusion. Um, in case you wonder, same thing. I mean, fusion is interesting, but not for climate change. Mm. Uh, it's a great technology. We need it as humanity. It's worth being invested in. But um, for anything climate-related, fusion will be coming way too late. Mm. Uh, looking at the Extantia uh, kind of investments and the, the years you guys have been working on, is there any kind of great success stories to share with the audience? 
Well, it's still early days in the fund. Yeah? So define success, exits, done. Yeah? Mm. Um, because we, we've been investing since, what, two years. Okay. Um, but we see certain portfolio companies developing really well yeah? um, in, in, in a variety of different areas. Um, let's take our, for example, our e-fuels company, Neurotech. Um, they're really on a great path now to scale and, and bring sustainable airline fuels in still small quantities, but mm. not lab quantities anymore to the market and, and on a trajectory where you can see, okay, this is, this is going in a, in a, in a really interesting direction. I mentioned regulation earlier on, you know, the regulation is extremely in their favor, um, ever more now in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act, but also Europe has already quite favorable regulation for, for sustainable airline fuels. So their player, who is ready on time, yeah, who can has a technologically proven solution, um, has many, many customers uh, that are willing to to invest. So yeah, that I would say they're probably one of the companies that we will hear a lot from in the future. Yeah? Mm. If you if you look at the kind of the whole climate sector from your funds perspective, is there any kind of niche you are looking more at, or is it very much across everything? Yeah, of course, we have our niches that we're more um, more into. Let's say mm. um, not all of the deals that we've actually made are public yet, so mm. I'll I might name an issue, say, but what have you done about it? But mm. uh, we have done, but it's not public yet. Um, so basically, we're quite keen on two things: uh, um, renewable baseload power sources. Yeah? Um, that's biogas for us, and it's geothermal for us. Yeah? Could be hydro as well, but we haven't done a deal hydro yet. But hydro has some potential, um, and um, that, that's that's one area where we're quite keen on. Um, and the other areas uh, in the carbon removal space. Yeah? So we've looked at a lot of deals in carbon removal space, we've also done some deals in carbon removal space. Um, there is also quite some movement in that space right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we need to do at the end of the day, we need to solve many challenges at the same time. Um, and P2X or P2L processes like, like in Airtech, um, or I mentioned also modern electron, which does methane pyrolysis, um, are also extremely important and relevant transition technologies. There are more transition technologies. The biogas or geothermal are really like sort of end solutions, I would say. And, and of course, primary energy sources that can deliver a significant amount of green electrons to the grid. Uh, mm. And if we look at the climate problem at the end of the day, 70% is down to um, energy. Uh, um, if we're able to decarbonize energy, will be able to decarbonize most of our problems. Yeah. Not all of them. Um, especially food and agriculture sector have some areas uh, that are um, not so easy to decarbonize just by electrifying um, or by, by making the grid green. Um, but still, then the problem uh, much has a different magnitude, exactly. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. But the, um, it's, uh, the kind of renewable... Or renewable energy sources sounds a bit more like the you know I don't know old school uh, infrastructure investment than the startup investment. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, hey. When we invest, we don't invest. We always invest in new tech, making okay. making something more efficient. So in the biogas sector, for example, I mentioned earlier, we have an investment 
that just simply doubles up the capacity of existing biogas plants by building a more efficient engine, the current heat engine that is uh, sort of turning the uh, the methane into electrons is, is one way of doing it, but it has a 40% efficiency versus the one that we are now using. It's a technology based, based on a high temperature fuel cell has an 80% efficiency. So it's really double efficiency um, by simply changing the, the end part, yeah, it's mm -hmm. very simple drop-in solution as well that it can replace within a couple of hours on any biogas plant. Yeah, wow. the drop-in solution. Um, so this is new technology and 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 not just building now. Go that will be infra fund that builds new uh, yeah. biogas, you know, uh, fermenters and mm -hmm. puts a, a traditional machine on there. Same counts for geothermal. Geothermal bets even much much bigger. In geothermal, we're not investing into projects of geothermal. We inve we're investing into new technology that will unlock a completely different depth in geothermal. Geothermal is all about depth. The deeper you go, the hotter it gets, the more efficient it is. Mm. Um, so we're investing in te technology that allows for linear drilling costs. Yeah? Currently, drilling cost is exponential cost. So the deeper you go, the more expensive it gets. This technology allows you to pretty much drill to any depth um, at linear cost. Yeah? And this is completely unlocks geothermal anywhere. Yeah? Mm -hmm. The company is also called Geothermal Anywhere Drilling. So then, uh, it's what's on the label. So that's the type of technologies we invested mm -hmm. in geothermal. It could be also other technologies and how to uh, deal with supercritical heat and um so there there's there but it's always tech investments that yeah, enable yeah. a new generation or new era in such an energy source mm -hmm. now um got a little confused there <laughs> I totally understand that logic of course yeah. the uh, and on corporate removal it's basically hardware right most of the investments we do is hardware um simply because hardware is polluting the planet and that's where we need to fix it Mm -hmm. yeah? um, and to achieve significant scale, software has often its limit. Significant fast means at least 100 megatons of CO2 per annum need to be abated. Um, there is software that can do this, and we are looking at software that can do this. We've done software investments as well, um, where we feel that they are a significant enabler, you know, helping others to take much better decisions or creating a more efficient grid, for example, yeah? um, or, or Mm -hmm. or elsewhere where we can see okay this software really makes people take a lot smarter decisions on maintenance for example of we looked at a company doing maintenance of wind turbines for example that that can totally make sense so that actually not a software company it's also a hardware company but we also looked at software companies um, in that space um so the, also in the solar space there are software companies that sort of optimize um solar so they're out there um but um there's a lot fewer, uh, like I said, in the end of the day, CO2 is a molecule. We cannot blockchain it away. Um, so. <laughs> That's a great quote. Um, we need to deal with it. Um, and it's typically through hardware. Uh, again, we would have loved to see the software. Um, we just don't find the projects where we can... Mm -hmm find build a lot of conviction behind it is really significantly moves the needle and that's what we need to do now yeah we're we're at a time where we need to act um and and, and act responsibly and that's our answer mm. yeah it's uh, basically 
you kind of, uh, you know, looking from outside, it feels like you guys are really working kind of in a, in a classical between the rock and the hard place, uh, uh, situation where climate change is accelerating. Uh, you investing in the hardware, which takes time. I mean, uh, classically more than software. And yes. uh, then, of course, at, at least the, you know, the current, uh, political winds are supporting the, the case at least. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, the, it was born out of uh, huge conviction and frustration. So um, it, it, it's not necessarily the dream setup, but this is the task that we have. Um, and this is our answer to this task. Um, there's also other answers to be very clear. And we know of this as well. Um, for example, I think one of the, I mean, biodiversity is an angle we don't touch, but we understand it's very crucial. Yeah? Um, and also education uh, is another angle we don't touch in the fund, but also understand it's very crucial. I mean, climate change, let's face it, has a lot to do with overpopulation. We're using more resources than we currently have on planet Earth uh, or can sustainably generate, let's say. Um, and uh, this is, has to do a lot with overpopulation too. Yeah, we are, um, If we would be able to uh, reduce um, or at least slow down the acceleration of the increase, in population, it would have an effect for sure. Also on climate, it's mm. on about scarce resources at the end of the day. Of course, but finding the business models in the education is always a challenge. Exactly. Now we're VC, um, and this is also why we sort of honed in so much on on carbon, yeah, and say this is just fast carbon is just a, a measure that's fairly transparent and fairly measurable. Yeah? Mm. Um, it doesn't mean it's the only measurement and we're not having a tunnel view that carbon is the only thing that matters. We, we do understand the full picture, but also, you know, we, we, we're speaking to sometimes uh, people who are not that deep into the topic, meaning our LPs who are large pension funds or several wealth funds and so on. They, they need a bit of a more digestible or palatable package. And therefore we sort of said, okay, we can pretty much uh, report very very simple on 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 carbon. Uh, this is one measure that we can all agree has a certain value and effect in the whole topic of climate change. And let's make that yeah digestible for for non experts. Huh? Um, as in, we're not a it's not a carbon tunnel view. We understand all the other aspects of the game as well. Um, just uh, trying to make it simple uh, and uh, happy to have the debate. What other measures should be taken? Mm. Um, and again, we're technology investors. We're not uh, a feel-good investment platform. Uh, um, there's a doubt there too, but we are pretty much technology-focused. And um, yeah, yeah, understanding there's more out there. Good stuff. Uh, I think that's a good point to wrap up, Sebastian. Thanks for yes. your time today. Okay. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Naturebacked Podcast. DC, I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. 
If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. I like Airplane. I know you do, but WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Acid.